You're listening to CFRC 1019 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. So I told you last week I wanted to tell a story. Oh, yeah. Good thing you remembered because I remembered two seconds ago as I was turning our microphones up. I remembered, oh, yeah, I have a story I wanted to tell. I also, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Can you hear me okay? No. Um, (laughs) Fingers crossed. Hopefully our our listeners can hear us. Whatever. Oh, that sounds sounds better. Does that sound better? Okay. Yeah. Hopefully we're hopefully we're fine. It, it, the again, it's the constant tech issues. Um, anyway, yeah, I wanted to tell a story that didn't really fit in next week. It doesn't really fit in anywhere, but I wanted to tell it. So, um, I was downtown um, in Kingston, um, probably. Well, I guess it would have been two weeks ago now because I wanted to tell this last week, um, and I was in Novel Idea, the bookstore, mm-hmm. and I I don't know the person who was working but like i'm relatively familiar with that person so i just just said hello and like asked a question or something and uh from behind a bookshelf comes this voice saying i'd recognize that voice anywhere (laughs) and then creeping from behind the bookshelf slowly moving out is is this um uh this woman um like i don't i don't really know like age but a little bit older right um like definitely an adult um and uh sort of comes over and i instantaneously didn't think about this show i forget that we do this show yeah because i (laughs) i spent so many years doing other things in the community that i started going through my head it's like okay where do i know this person from like what (laughs) what did i work on did i work on something with one of like like your kid or something like how to like trying to go through and then all she said was you're the guy who has the show that hates a star is born (laughs) (laughs) and and your reputation precedes you yeah and and i said uh i said ma'am you have me mistaken with another person and then i left (gasps) No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I, I said, I said, you know, yeah, that's me, but pretty much. But then we we started just talking about it because again, I don't think I ever said that I hated A Star Is Born. I'm pretty sure I said, just watch it at home if you want to watch it. You don't need yeah, to go you to just, the theater to run you it. You were neutral to the movie, or maybe more than neutral, but maybe like a little bit more negative. But I still like, I admitted there were some good qualities to it. But any anyway, we actually had a really good discussion about the movie and uh, why she really liked it and some of the things and, and kind of talked a little bit about uh, the different nuances of it and the different characters, especially the like relationship between Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. and Lady Gaga and talking about that. So it was an interesting, interesting conversation. Side note, I read that um, Bradley Cooper wanted Jack White to play the male lead. And it was supposed to be Beyonce, not Whoa. Lady Gaga. Jack yeah. White and Beyonce? Yeah, it was going to be Jack White and Beyonce were going to be originally the two. What a movie that would have been, eh? Well, I don't think... Well, I don't know. It, it, like, does Beyonce really fit the idea of the character? Like, I mean, maybe this is her persona that sort of... Would she be able to get past that persona? Because apparently she's seen as, like, the queen of the world or whatever. She's a so, diva. Yeah, so so that's not really the role. I haven't seen the movie yet, and I haven't seen any of the ink, um, like, the different versions. But as far as I know, she's almost, like, a little bit 
dowdy at first, right? Yeah, like has has a lot of confidence for sure. Like there's confidence in the character, but I would describe more plain. Yeah, I would describe the character as like this is supposed to be a plain everyday person who has a killer voice, um, who's kind of looked down upon and told no to get into the industry because of the way she looks, which again doesn't really fit this movie but that's part of a larger conversation that we'll have later but anyway i just think i don't see beyonce no the gravitas that that beyonce brings the queen bee or whatever they call her yeah again i don't think it worked for lady gaga either but anyway that's beside the point and we will talk about this movie in all spoiler once it comes when is it coming to december december okay so we'll have to figure out how that works with our we might have to have the Star is Born episode in January. Yeah. I'll yeah. watch it in December when it comes to the screening room and we'll and then regroup we'll in the new year. in the new year. Yeah. But anyway, I thought it was a really interesting conversation. I didn't get her name, unfortunately, but, you know, shout out to the novel idea. Lady. Lady who came up and talked to me about A Star is Born. Uh, but it was a great conversation. I thought we had a really good chat just about the movie. So That's what we want with this show. Yeah, exactly. We've yeah. met our goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would never deny that I have the show and run out. I, I thought about it for a split second. I was like, maybe I could just get out of here by saying that's not me, and then run. Great, that's a good story. That is, yeah. I thought I thought that was, it. but it didn't really fit last week. It's not about mustaches. So. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, this week we have uh, we have the best fan questions we've ever had. They're zesty, and I love them. Yeah, I'm like, here for this. This is going to be. It's probably going to be a bit of a longer segment because. We have a lot to get into. We've got a lot to, to talk about here. So let's just let's just get going here. We're going to start off with Chris, fan of the show, Chris, who I don't think emailed in last week. We had a different Chris, but not yeah, our regular not Chris. not our regular Chris. So welcome back, Chris. Uh, Although how, after this question, I is he really a fan? I don't know. Let's find out. Um, how long do you have to prepare for your shows? You make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> Thanks for being honest with us, Chris. Um, well. It's a live show. Well, we've been doing it live the last couple weeks, so on air, we don't have time to edit. This is actually the theme of the next two questions, is the lots of mistakes that were made last episode. Yeah, so there's no editing, so that's that's the first thing about the live mm-hmm. shows. Most of the, yeah, most of our, you're right, most of our shows have been live for the past couple weeks. At least, I want to say, like, all of November, November we've been live. November's been live, yeah. Um, we did that. For a lot of reasons. Editing takes a lot of time. We also like to do the show live because there's lots of... For us, we have fun with mm-hmm. that, so it's kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, in terms of our level of pr- preparation, I will say it's it's pretty much, you know, to use this week as an example, after today's show, we'll probably... You and I will briefly chat about what movies we're going to see mm-hmm. this week, but generally we wait for the screening room's new schedule to come out. Right. Which is usually tonight or tomorrow, like it... It's already up today. Oh, is it up today? Already? Yeah. There you go. So if it's up today, we we chat about what do we want to see. We kind of have a quick strategy chat of are we going to see the same thing? Are we going to see different things? We try to rotate mm-hmm. and do different things. So there's that conversation. But then we basically go to see the movie, and then you prepare the headlines for Not a Great Plan. I Normally on Monday. Normally on Monday because um, we want it to be current. Mm-hmm. I wait until Monday as well to go through the email and all of our social media to gather the questions because I want to give people a chance. We've missed questions before because I didn't look. So usually I do that on Monday as well. And then we have about a 20-minute conversation before the show starts, and then we just do the show. Yeah, you're getting an authentic, real-life conversation. And that's what we like about it. (laughs) I would say we have show notes, but not a script. Yeah, so that's why... And I make mistakes because I barely know how to read. 
I make mistakes because I can read very well, except when you put a microphone in front of my face and the computer's off to the side and I have to run the tech and it's really tough to read off the screen. And we're not experts. Yeah. So, so Chris and Ronald Coleman, who I'm about to read. So you both know. Forgive us, eh? <laughs> mistakes will happen. Yeah. Um, but that's in terms of the how long do you have to prepare the show? The real question, part of the question. Yeah. That's kind of how long we have. We we don't have a lot of time. We This is a volunteer um, radio station, so we put in as much time as we really can. But really, it's just gather the show notes, make sure we know what we're kind of doing, quick chat beforehand, mm-hmm. do the show. But I think most of our mistakes are just sometimes we fumble our words. I think most of the mistakes we make are we're fumbling our words because we're reading something as opposed to just talking. Yeah. Or we are trying to come up with an actor's name or the name of a director and we make a mistake or we can't figure it out or think about it or like i, I forgot meryl streep's name last mm-hmm. week you know little things like that um i think are the only types of mistakes we, as far as i know uh, yes chris if you're finding factual errors oh yes please please let us, us know yeah. but i think most of the mistakes are just by the nature of it being a live show yeah please send in facts checks like if, if there's if you're we're getting facts wrong please let us know yes definitely um okay ronald coleman along the same theme as chris writes i'm gonna move actually so i can read this i'm gonna move my computer okay ronald coleman here friend of the show and maybe it's bold to say regular contributor i would like, say, I would so, say. so this now. is what th- three weeks in, in a, a row? row yeah i would say mm-hmm. so yes i would say you're a regular contributor um as a fan of the show and the stash, I thoroughly enjoyed the mustache show. However, I do have some comments to make. I will say the mustache show, lots of popularity so People far. Really People really liked really it. Liked that. Um, there's actually a, a couple comments that weren't questions that were written in that I didn't include today about our conversation uh, around... Um, uh, Milo uh, Ventimiglia. Did people agree with me? Yeah, people they agreed find him with handsome? you about the handsomeness um, and that they really, they really think he will not get stuck in the yeah. role. That yeah. seemed to be most of the comments. I didn't write them down because they weren't questions. They but were just pro Milo. Yeah, there were a couple <laughs> people who said he's not going to get typecast. Good, so. good for him. Okay, continuing. Um, full marks to Taylor for being a fan of mm. facial hair for men, but can't agree with the pencil thin mustache selection so what pencil thin mustache selection that's errol finn's mustache so you were you said you liked it well my list was actually just like notable top um hollywood mustaches so that's why he's included on the list because it's like an iconic mustache this is what ronald coleman says great actor mustache not so great the basic philosophy of mustache development grow it trim it shape it don't shave above the upper lip. I want to say I didn't say that it was a good mustache because my boyfriend's actually trying to convince me that he's going to shave into a pencil-thin mustache, and I'm definitely against it. So <laughs> I don't want to be on the record saying that I liked it. Um, I would say that it's an iconic Hollywood mustache, and it should be included on top Hollywood mustache lists because it's so iconic. But I agree with the general idea uh, that Ronald's saying here that you the should rules gr- of you mustache should, you should cut grow it, keeping? grow it out, trim it and shape it, but don't shave off bits of it because uh, if you shave above the upper lip, that is the mustache. So you're kind of like just taking it away. Like I kind of agree with that. I don't know what the rules of mustache upkeeping is, but I would agree 
like I, I would okay you know, sure you know what movie tackles the rules of mustaches quite a bit is a, a million ways to die in the which West, you played the clip, which played the, clip on, the, the mustachery <laughs> that neil patrick harris's character has the i think it's called the mustachery um, so if you need so if you need movie. more information on mustache upkeep that's a great but anyways movie. i would say my bottom line errol finn makes the list because it's iconic gotcha. not whether gotcha. or not I like it. Okay. Um, and then Ronald continues. Interesting that you mentioned Daniel Day-Lewis's character, The Butcher, in Gangs of New York, because you basically butchered my email in relation <laughs> to the renaming of the months after November. Well, Ronald, because you kept going on with this pun, and it was very difficult to keep up with, because we kept pausing to chat about each <laughs> thing you said. It was, yes, that was part of the reading is hard on the air. Sort yeah, of thing. and puns are sometimes hard to read. If you're yeah. not the originator, you know what I mean? Like if you haven't written out the pun, it's hard sometimes to. And Ronald, this is what I want to say. You write a pair, like a, a novel <laughs> when you email in and everyone else emails in a couple sentences of just, here's my question. <laughs> you write this like novel, like I'm not going to read all of this because the, the email that he sent in today continues with following Movember is me Sember with the focus on me as an effort to keep the mustache manuary was fine so he's, he's just going through and explaining he's, picks, he's yeah. fixing your pronunciation yeah. you don't need to do that ronald i know i screwed up like it's fine. <laughs> like we don't have to do this and we apologize that <laughs> yeah. we ruined your pun yeah so there you go thank you ronald for writing in we look forward to whatever you're going to say next week um yeah we'll see i don't know yep maybe you can comment on our lack of reading your full email or something <laughs> Um, we love you, but you got a lot to say. So next, Claire. Claire writes, I really don't understand your issue with A Star is Born. <laughs> this is going to haunt you for the rest of your life. I've seen it three times and love it. When are you going to do your spoiler talk episode? Also, go see Bohemian Rhapsody. Amazing movie. If you don't like A Star is Born, I think you'll like this one. Um well, I mean, I tried to explain what my specific issues are with Star Wars. So, first of all, Claire, I want to compliment you on on at least stating that I have issues with the film. Because this is the big thing that I don't like. And this is what's happening and, and I've noticed since I've gotten a show. People take whatever I say and whittle it down to, like, its simplest form. Mm -hmm. Here's a bunch of criticism I have the film. So, therefore, you hated the film. I never said that. I'd like to think that our discussions are very nuanced. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like what I'm, I'm trying to support your your argument that okay. you know you know we have a very nuanced discussion of film, I think and then so. people yeah. minimize it to like the kernel. Yeah, and which that's is why not... we decided like from the beginning, other than the the sort of see it, s skip it stream it there wasn't really going to be rating yeah but that was just more even that rating doesn't like you can say stream it but still like the movie mm -hmm. but there's different reasons for it we didn't want to do like here's a five-star review or whatever because yeah. people will just take that mm -hmm. as opposed to everything we say um so yes i i like that claire's pointing out that i had issues with a star is born um it's great that other people like the movie that's fine it's very popular it's i very know the people movie. in my I mean, life yeah. have said really good things about it i mean i think I think to answer kind of the main questions here um, is, uh, yeah, like we just said, we'll probably have to wait till January to do the spoiler talk it, because if the movie's coming out in December, I want you to see it mm -hmm. and then have a chance to talk about it. And we'll see what you think. If you 
our middle ground on the movie, then we will go out and find someone who loved it and bring them in here mm -hmm. and have a discussion with them. If you love the movie, then we'll have the discussion. Gotta be real with you. I don't think I'm gonna be a well, lover of the film. Okay, well. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll you, see. We'll have see. Have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet? No. No, neither no have I. I haven't. I've heard really good things about it. It's the second highest grossing um, musical biopic. Yeah, yeah. Although I don't know what the first highest grossing. <laughs> I can't I, even I think yeah, of that many think, musical biopics. Um. But anyways, it's getting really yeah. good buzz. There hasn't been one about the Beatles, has there? I don't think so. They unless, did their own movies. Unless you can't Across the Universe, but it, that's a musical and not a biopic. Across the Universe? Yeah, when they took all the Beatles songs and they... Oh, I didn't even realize they took Beatles songs. Yeah, across, those are all Beatles songs. I listened to... The, I watched that movie and I didn't really like it, but whatever. Um, that's fine. I'm not... I, I watched that Beatles documentary that was at the screening room a couple years ago. Um, which I actually, I really enjoyed the documentary, but um, still the music was still very unrecognizable to me. I'm not, I'm not a huge music person to begin with, but a couple of the songs I yeah, picked up on. But the I big ones. There, you know. But anyway, um, yeah, we will try to go see Bohemian Rhapsody whenever um, we can. But yeah, I mean, it, basically I'll, I'll save my issues with Star is Born. We will talk about at the spoiler talk. But basically all in all, I would say I didn't hate the movie. I don't think it's as good as people say it is, but... I still understand why people why like people it. like it. Yeah, fair. Okay, our next question. Uh, this person just left a letter, not their name. The letter is K. Okay. Where do you get off having a radio show about movies? <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite. This is, this my is favorite up there with question. Joyce. I think it was Joyce. Where do you get off? What did she? Her question was very. Was similar. her name? Was that Joyce or Lori? One of those. Okay. <laughs> where do you get off having a radio show about movies well why not Kay? why not we have we love movies and we love talking and there was a slot open at the radio station yeah yeah it's not it, it's kind of exactly that you know like that's the thing about cfrc that's so interesting is that anybody can come in and pitch an idea and, and become part of the network here and cfrc is you know one of those rare really now one of those rare radio stations that doesn't control content at all mm -hmm. you know they it, it's focused on you create your own content and and cfrc manages and runs tech and makes sure things are happening but you basically get to to create your own show yeah. so you know anybody can do it yeah so k you, you can do it whatever you want to hear on the radio i th i think k's main issue is that uh, i assume movies are a visual medium whereas radio is an audio um style so you're interpreting the question the best possible way is <laughs> your the question is the emphasis is actually on a radio show about movies right as opposed to a lot of even movie podcasts these days are um sort of youtube mm -hmm. shows that become podcasts but you can go and find like the visual yeah. thing but i think you know that we try to present things in a way that we more just communicate verbally what we thought about the movies and we don't really show clips and we're not yeah. really talking we're breaking down trailers um so the visual part of it doesn't really matter in that sense yeah. but that's i mean you're interpreting the question you think, I think it's where do we yeah i think we i think get that, off. oh yeah i 100 percent <laughs> think this is against us this is about, it could be specific to me i mean it does say you right so i think this is like you 
individual, yeah. where do you get off having a radio show about movies? And, you know, I don't know. We just did, you know. We're you, movie fans. Too, so. Yeah, exactly. Kay, can, you can have a competing show. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to it. That would be great. Um, <laughs> uh, Natalie writes in, or sorry, Natalie W. Include whatever people sign off as. Uh, Henry Cavill is a god. Okay. Not mine, but good f- um, good for Natalie. Did we talk about Henry Cavill? Oh, yes. His, his, his bad, bad facial hair. hair. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, this is what I'll say about Henry Cavill. Uh, so-so actor, not great. Apparently has issues growing a mustache. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the issues were around that. The whole yeah, whether or not know. he could um, or <laughs> yeah i don't know what the problem was but weird, you know weird design choice yeah and and you know henry cavill i'm sure will grow as an actor i'm sure because yeah. he's still relatively young and he's still you know he's still kind of going through things there was one movie he was in that i really enjoyed um man from uncle Oh, I was hoping you'd bring it up. That yeah. is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I, I think that he's very good. In I that think he movie. did a very good job in that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that would be—that's honestly the only movie I've ever seen him in. But I loved it. Yeah, he's—I mean, he's Superman now, and that's—that is what it's it not is. Great. Um, <laughs> uh, and then he wasn't really good in, in Mission Impossible, but yeah, it is. Well, it Natalie is. seems to like him, and that's great. Good. Write in. Let us know other actors you all enjoy. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Trev asks, uh, do you actually tweet at movie stars? Do they ever respond? Um, this was – so, no, this was a joke I made last <laughs> week. I made a joke about, I think, tweeting at producers or something about our show or whatever. No, I don't. Um, I have tagged people on Twitter before, and actually once the director of um, – Oh, great. And I'm going to blank on this name. Um, the director of, what's that movie, The Screening Room? Oh, Sorry to Bother You. Yes. Um, he liked a tweet that I put out after seeing that show. There you go. Like, a I, brush I saw with the stardom. Yeah, I, I, I saw the movie and said something like it was really good, well-directed, and tagged him, and he liked it. That's probably about it. The closest I've ever gone to, like, a celebrity in my tweets is I tweeted about the Rankin family, which is a band from Cape Breton, hmm. and uh, one of the Rankins liked my tweet. There you go. So that's my only brush with stardom. I've had a um, – there's a movie reviewer and podcaster who wrote a book that I really like. Um, the book's amazing. Um, and uh, she's retweeted and liked a couple things I've – put out on twitter mainly because i'm mentioning the book right so again like if you yeah it's product, you, yeah it's, it's promotion yeah for them. promotion for them and, and that type of thing but i would say that's about it like i've never really it happens though it people does. tweet celebrities all the time and but i've never really tried i've never really cared enough. yeah i've never been campaigning yeah. no but so that was that, that was a, that was a joke trev but sometimes i think our sense of humor gets lost in translation yes Maybe that has to do with the where do we get off. Yeah, we really shouldn't have a radio show about movies. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> you know, so thank you, everyone, for the uh, fan questions coming in today. Um, just a reminder how you can contribute to the show. You can email us at any time at screeningandkingston at gmail.com. You can use the hashtag screeningandygk on any social media platform or just simply tag us um, through social media. We have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we will respond or put you on the show. Um, one quick thing before we move on and talk about the movies we were going to talk about today. 
um, we are, as of this week, we are now a podcast Yay. as well as being on the radio. So you can download the Screening in Kingston podcast. Um, the show, because the show airs on, on Tuesday afternoons, I think the podcast will probably come out Tuesday evening. Okay. Of every week. So, but anywhere you can get podcasts, uh, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Android, wherever you currently get your podcast, you can probably find Screening in Kingston. Apparently on Spotify too. I don't know anything about Spotify, but apparently. Um, but I don't if, really know anything yeah, about anything. So. If you want more information about the podcast, um, you can visit um, podcast.cfrc.ca. And you will find the Screening in Kingston page from there. And it just has a list of where you can find all the episodes. But all the current episodes are up. Great. All 10 of our episodes are up. And then each uh, Tuesday night, we'll upload the new one. So I'm going to go through and get all of the instances of you talking about A Star is Born. Yeah, I want to go this back. This might backfire. Yeah, I might go back and try to figure out, like, what did I say about A Star is Born? Because I can't remember <laughs> everything I said. And sometimes I get so passionate and upset in the moment where i change my opinion i could have i can see myself going back to like you know what i hate that movie like it's just saying that out of nowhere but i don't know i didn't think i did but i'll go back and listen but it's all there you can go back you can listen to all 10 episodes through the podcast um we'll send it out on social media as well um but yeah you can keep listening on cfrc or download the podcast cool um, okay, we saw some movies. We did see some movies. Um, Two very different movies. Yeah, we were just, we were talking <laughs> off air um, during our prep, Chris uh, and Ronald, uh, <laughs> during our show prep about the two movies, and, and very different in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, so do you want to go first? Do you want to talk about yours first? Sure. So I saw Suspiria, which I uh, really enjoyed. It's getting um, very, very, very divided reviews um, by uh, reviewers and the public. Um, people are kind of comparing the critical feedback to Mother that came out maybe, uh, I think, last year. And you saw Mother? I did. Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> and mm. I did not like Mother, no, whereas I. I really liked Suspiria. Um, it's definitely not for the casual moviegoer. Um, <laughs> I will just say that right off the bat. Um, it reminded me a lot of early Cronenberg, mm -hmm. um, some of uh, Lars von Trier's current work. Um, it can also, it can almost be considered like punishing to the audience. Oh, like some okay. scenes were like really hard to watch. So if you have any kind of problems with uh, body horror, which Cronenberg did mm -hmm. a lot of in mm -hmm. his early work, if mm -hmm. you have any kind of, if you're I hate to say trigger warning, but it's a trigger warning. If any kind of sort of body dysmorphia or body horror or gore um, makes you uncomfortable, I would say skip this one or know that you're going to have to watch some of the scenes with your eyes closed because it is a horror movie um, and it is marketed as a horror movie. Yeah. So kind of know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. But I would say um, in recent memory, this was some of the toughest scenes I've had to watch in a film. And... You know, it's the comparison back to Mother probably stems from that because that was some of the criticism for certain scenes in Mother were very challenging to watch. Yeah, like I remember the like the last act of the movie. Yeah, is so like, yeah jarring. This yeah. one has sort of a, a tri unlike Mother, it has sort of a traditional narrative pattern. Okay. Like okay. it's not. I wouldn't say that it's isolating in uh, in film style. Just maybe some of the themes. Some of the, uh, the the gory scenes may be off-putting. Um, it is more of a sort of an art house film okay. than like your standard blockbuster. 
Um, but I thought it was really interesting. Tilda Swinton is one of the leads. She's my Meryl Streep. Mm, so mm-hmm. when people Very talk good. about Very Meryl Streep, actor. I don't agree. It's Tilda. Tilda for <laughs> oh, I think Queen Tilda's of the Universe. For sure. <laughs> oh, if like if I had to make which maybe one day we'll do is for fun. If we had to be like top ten actors right now, go. Like I think yeah. Tilda Swinton's on my list. She's for sure. amazing. Yeah. So um no I don't want to give any spoilers for the film, but she plays three roles. Okay. I knew of two of them going into the film, so that was a lot of fun for me. But I challenge viewers, if you go see the film, try to identify the three characters that Tilda is playing. Okay. Um, <laughs> and how was uh, Dakota uh, Johnson? So some of the critical feedback is about her performance. She kind of plays... Um, it's hard to kind of understand her motivations in the film, but that's part of... Um, the overall character arc, it might make more sense once you've seen kind of the whole trajectory of the performance. Right. Um, I only really know her from Fifty Shades of Grey, and <laughs> yeah. she's not particularly great in that movie. No, she, well, she hasn't done much else, like a, yeah, a couple things. But. She was in like a rom-com a couple years ago. She was, And then was it in that El Royale movie. Okay. The, I don't think she's horrible. I don't think she's the best part of the movie, but mm. I think she was able to carry her own, especially considering that she was going up against Tilda, like directly yeah. in scenes. Yeah, which is tough. And you know, when you have a really accomplished actor and then kind of an up and comer, you can kind of tell flaws in the performance, but oh, she held yeah. her own. Absolutely. Well, th- that was the same sort of thing I brought up about Crazy Rich Asians is that Michelle Yeoh is such a well-crafted actor that the kind of new the new guy who mm-hmm. was playing the her son like it's hard it's hard to to act side by side and and not point out those flaws because yeah. they're they're gonna be there yeah so i don't know um why dakota johnson was uh cast you know how sometimes like directors have like uh like rationale like oh i could i could project whatever i thought she you know it wasn't in a spectacular performance mm-hmm. it wasn't a bad performance but you could replace her with someone else yes it would yes been whatever for sure and yeah it's interesting because movies larger movies have sort of different casting processes than than you might think like a lot of them still are audition based but often a director goes after yeah the actors that they want yeah so so yeah, um, I really loved um, costuming. Mm-hmm. I loved the score. Um, actually, uh, Tom York from Radiohead is responsible. That's his name, right? The lead. Oh, you're not a music buff, not but music the lead buff, singer no. of Radiohead did the scoring for the film. The, so the film score is really great. Oh. Um, all of the uh, typefacing really good. Um, it feels like the movie takes place in 1970s West Berlin. Berlin's one of my favorite cities. It's happening in a decade that I find really interesting. Cool. So it kind of checked all my boxes yeah. as both a history buff and a film goer. But again, my boxes are going to be different than other people's boxes. So this movie, I'm going to just come out and say it. It will not be for everyone. Okay. There is also a lot of things that kind of one of the criticisms is that the director introduces a lot of themes that don't go anywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's like a lot of layers to the film that necessarily like some people are just like, oh, well, I think he was just doing that to do it. Because that's not a thing I like. That's a thing I point out quite a bit is Mm -hmm. when something doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So I didn't, I personally didn't uh, feel that way, but again, I'm a history buff. So, and, um, Berlin is such an interesting city and the the history of the city is so interesting. So to me, it was just an added layer, but I can understand that criticism. Um, It also, a lot of things go unexplained. So if you're, again, a casual movie viewer who doesn't want to engage with your film, um, you're probably going to be 
you know, bored or not as interested as someone who wants to do the homework hmm. for the film. So all in all, you're kind of saying not for everyone, but there's still quite a bit here to enjoy out of the yes. movie. I would say see it, but mm -hmm. if you're not into um, gore or like if you're not a typical horror fan, um, maybe you, you might not. skip it because yeah. it's still yeah. it's a traditional horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's and I think so. I mean, if you enjoyed it better than Mother, that's a good sign because oh, Mother I, was a mess. I hated Mother. This movie like actually has a coherent storyline. Yeah. You know what's happening. Yeah, like that. That was kind of my problem with Mother's. Like I'm totally fine with. Uh, different interpretations and experimentation in film, but there's a cohesiveness to storytelling that still has mm -hmm. to exist in all forms of storytelling. You know, it, it's the same in books. It's the same even, in my opinion, in, in some music. If you're trying to tell a story, and if that's your point, is to convey something, you have to convey it in a, in a in a manner that still has some cohesion to it. Mother was a mess. So if that movie doesn't have that mess to it, I feel like even myself, you know, I, I like horror movies, but I don't, you know, I, I appreciate and enjoy some experimental film, but I feel like the way you're describing it, like, I would enjoy this type mm -hmm. of movie. But, yeah, maybe maybe the casual moviegoer, if this, they only see, you know, one movie every once in a while, maybe this isn't for them. Don't you – I think part of the mess with Mother, not to dwell on Mother, was that um, the lead, uh, Jennifer Lawrence – She's supposed to, she's one character, but he, the director was like, she represents these three different biblical stories. Yeah. That was so, <laughs> and it as was, someone who's more or less familiar with their biblical lore, yeah. I was See, offended. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mind her characterization that much. It was more, yeah, the kind of incoherentness of, yeah. of jamming in these like, really like biblical references but also like thematically connecting it to that it just didn't make sense no in the way if you understand the actual stories that they're reflecting which come from the bible and like here are the stories like i'm not i'm i'm not super religious but mm -hmm. like i grew up catholic yeah. but i also like there are stories in the bible that i think are actually just good stories yeah and i've enjoyed some interpretations mm -hmm. of them on film but the the very strange thematic connection and sort of shoving it all into this house and trying to make a certain whatever the point he was trying to make it j just was lost on me and it was just a mess me too. like it just didn't work i think he was trying to do something as a filmmaker but it just didn't work I don't, maybe he doesn't have the intellectual ability to like go where he wanted to go you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i mean and he's he's an accomplished filmmaker yeah. again his name escapes me because of names but i know i'd seen quite a bit of his work leading up to this and was interested to kind did of he see do the tree of life he did you know what we're gonna look it up while we're talking um because i i do think it's important to look at because there there's a few movies that i remember seeing that i was really interested in um darren aronofsky okay that's his name, Darren Aronofsky. Um, Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah, a, a good huge movie. movie. Uh, the Wrestler, which is also a very good movie. Um, pie. That, people talk about Pie, pie a yeah, lot. Yeah, people talk about Pie. Um, those are his big ones. Those are his big ones. The Fountain, the that's fountain, what I was thinking of. The Fountain. Uh, Noah. Oh, yeah. So he's on his Noah. Bible kick right yeah. now. So, yeah, he's done, I mean, and Requiem for a Dream's a great movie, and The Wrestler, I think, is a really good movie. So I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of things he's been able to do, but I just think it was a miss. I think even brilliant people and people who are um, superbly, um, superbly 
good at their craft can still make mistakes and can yeah. still miss. So yeah. I think that's kind of what happened. The only um, last thing I want to mention is that um, the director of Suspiria it did Call Me By Your Name, mm. huge movie from last year, uh, one of my favorite movies from last year. So if you're interested in his body of work, again, Suspiria may just be of interest to you yeah. because yeah. this movie is so different from yeah. Call Me By Your Name. Um, but again, see it as long as you uh, keep in mind my disclaimers. That's awesome. That's great. Um, so you're saying see it, but there might be some people who won't enjoy it. So there you yeah. go. That's Suspiria. Um, okay, so I saw First Man, um, which is uh, the movie that uh, is about Neil Armstrong and uh, landing on the moon for, for the first time. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's Damien Chazelle as the director. Um, Ryan Gosling plays um, plays the lead role. This movie's interesting because I, I kind of went into it knowing some of the, you know, a divided critical feel right. of this movie. Um, again, I, I <laughs> this is this is one of those movies that I'm I'm really putting in a similar category when I was talking about we were just talking about this off air. The old man and the gun, Christopher Robin, mm -hmm. first man. Um, it's not the movie you think it is, so get that out of your mind and that will help. It's not really about the space landing. It's about Neil Armstrong. The man and his family. It's about the first man. Like, that's mm -hmm. what that's, I mean, I think that's why they kind of went with that. It's about him and his family um, and Claire Flo Floy, um, who's in it, um, from... The Crown. The Crown. Yes, that's, sorry, that's the name of her show. Um, she uh, she does an excellent job. Um, She's a talented actress. Wife. Very strong. The best moments are really when the two of them are on screen together and, and having a disagreement or chatting or whatever they're doing. Um, the two of them have great chemistry and it really works. Um, but this movie is not – it's not a space movie about the exploration of space. There, there's little moments where you explore what it was like to train for it, and you do get to see part of the moon landing. Um, and those things were done very well, and it was very interesting. But I will say, unlike Apollo 13, which you still haven't <laughs> seen, um, Apollo 13 is cinematically excellent in right. terms of its scope and what you're seeing and and what you're doing with it and it's really about this crew going on this mission this movie is solely about neil armstrong mm. solely about what led him to be part of this mission the really some of the tragedy that he has in his life um going through and and trying to kind of get to this point and the strain that it has on him um it's okay is what i'll say okay the movie is okay it has moments of real interest it has moments where it's kind of slow and i don't really know where it's going i don't think it's quite as bad as some critics have said again mm. it's very divided some people really like it some people don't i don't think it's 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 a horrible movie but i do think it can be a little boring it is really a character study if you're someone who liked the old man and the gun you would like this movie because it's very similar it's very similar focused on this one person but if you miss it you're not gonna like your world won't be ended no no and i and i don't think it's gonna you know grab a bunch of award nominations mm. i i think that that will be its biggest disappointment i know it, it was a box office disappointment as well like i think that it's it's an okay movie um there are flashes and moments of of really good filmmaking but for the most part i don't even think it sort of hits all the beats that it was supposed to or, or they were intending it to um you know damien chazelle's a young director who's starting to do like he did la la land and whiplash he's starting to sort of develop as a filmmaker and is kind of looked at as one of the like 
hotshot young filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I, I think this was a bit of a miss. Like it was okay, but again, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily run out to see it. Like I'm gonna give it a, a stream it because just because I don't think. I think you can just see it at home and, right. and not miss out on too Pop much of some of your own popcorn. Yeah. But again, if you really, really had an amazing time at Old Man and the Gun and liked Christopher Robin and liked these kind of like deep dives into a singular character and learning about them. Kind and of like more, middle of the road yeah, films. Yeah. Then you will like this movie and go check it out mm-hmm. for, for those reasons. But I did have a very similar experience watching those two movies, Old Man and the Gun and First Man, where it kind of moves slow at times. The pacing's a little off, but it's interesting enough and there's right. i think i like old man and the gun better because i feel like there was more interesting nuances to the mm-hmm. character um i want to talk about ryan gosling <laughs> a little <laughs> bit but overall i will say film wise i'm going to give it a, a stream it but um if you did if you do enjoy the, the this type of film as i'm explaining it then go check it mm-hmm. out and go see it um it definitely wasn't a waste of time um it's it's better than than movies where i say don't even bother going mm-hmm. to see it um but i i'm gonna say stream it okay can i say one story you can about ryan gosling sure so ryan gosling um spent a little bit of time growing up in my hometown of burlington ontario um and he frequently still comes home for the holidays mm. so um you know it's the holidays because the ryan gosling sightings blow up on facebook people who were still in Burlington. Huh? So when I was in um, high school, I was walking down the street of downtown Burlington and I'm very nosy. So I always, <laughs> I always look into store windows or restaurant windows just to check it out. So I was walking by a steak restaurant and I looked into the w- window and the chairs are kind of lined up so that the person who's like in the window, they should be looking not out the window, but like to the, across the table oh okay as i was walking the person who was sitting in one of the window chairs just happened to be look, turned around and it was ryan gosling <laughs> and i turned to the person i was with and i said oh my gosh i think that's ryan gosling and he said does he have a a beard like lars and the real girl and i said no and he's like we're gonna keep walking then so that was my one brush with ryan gosling <laughs> is that I, I saw him in a steak <laughs> restaurant in burlington okay enjoying a steak yeah so there you go. You heard it here first. That's my, Ron yeah. Ron Gosling likes steak. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe he was having the chicken. <laughs> no, no. He likes steak. We just <laughs> broke that news. <laughs> he enjoys steak. Um, yeah, I mean, very quickly, because we have other things to get to, but, I mean, the thing about Ryan Gosling is, is I'm, uh, he plays Neil Armstrong in this movie in a very strange way that makes me question a few things. First of all, is this the way Neil Armstrong is or not is a big question, but He's very emotionless, very quiet and reserved, sort of not, I wouldn't say blunt, but like not short sentences, not, right. not long answers. And I've noticed Ryan Gosling does that a lot on his own. Like if you've ever, if you've ever watched an interview with Ryan Gosling, like on the Graham Norton show or whatever recently, he's like very blunt and quick with his answers blunt's the wrong word because that's too negative but he's just quick with his answers he just gives a few answers he's not long-winded no um and that's why i'm starting to question like did he act at all in this movie because it comes off as very plain and very dry um so again i don't know maybe that's just how near neil armstrong is and he's really just playing that Mm -hmm. character to a t um but it does come off as 
quite bland and kind of like a block of wood. Do you think similar to our discussion of Casey Affleck, where I was like, oh, Casey Affleck's a good actor. And then he said, is he? Because he's always playing the same person. Do you think Ryan Gosling is always playing the same person? And that person just happens to be him. I've seen a flash once of him doing something different. So I, I would lean towards no. But he does seem to play this character quite a bit because it is very similar. There's not a lot of dialogue in Drive, but Drive is a movie. And, and even La La Land, to some extent, he seems to have that. A man of few words. Yeah, he seems to have that quality and people seem to play off of it. Um, like we were talking about, we were just talking about, again, off air, Ryan Reynolds and kind of how yeah. he has his thing. But Ryan Reynolds, I've seen movies where he's not done that and mm -hmm. done other things. I've seen it once out of Ryan Gosling. So, like, I lean towards a no. And, again, he's still very young, so I feel like he's still developing as an actor. Yeah, it's hard to say. I liked his early work, like, Lars and the Real Girl, and he's in a movie called, like, True Believer, which is a bit of a B movie, but, like, he gives a pretty good performance. He gives an interesting performance in Murder by Numbers with Michael Pitt. This is, like, all when he's, like, in his early 20s. Before he changed the way he speaks. Yeah, he has, yeah. An, he has an American accent now. Yeah. And, and it's kind of weird. He does that on purpose. He I did think, that on purpose. He changed the way he would speak so he'd be a more appealing to American audience. Yeah, maybe he just has made a personality that is marketable. Like, maybe he has yeah. a really yeah. good uh, publicity person yeah. who's like, Ryan, let's, yeah. smooth, let's make you as, more, as much California- as or, possible. you know, it is possible because all those movies, like, he was young. Like, he was still in his early, like, what, like, late teens, early 20s. So He's been acting in television like he was in Young Hercules and Breaker yeah, High when yeah. he was, like, 15. So he he's been in, acting for... the Titans? Yeah. Um, he, maybe he just grew up, too. Like, maybe that's just how, how, he, how talks. he talks now. Maybe he's just more, a little bit more reserved and man a few words and just kind of grew up a little bit. I don't know. Again, it's just, it's interesting to see something that you see outside of movies from an actor kind of creep into into the films a bit and that's yeah. where it gets me to question are you good or not like that's because again i to me an actor should be a chameleon mm -hmm. uh, should be able to play any character at any point in time to me that's the mark of a good actor the mark of a good actor and the mark of a really good film is any individual should be able to walk onto a screen and pretty much play anything. Yeah. So can he do that? I don't know. Well, truth and time will tell. But he is one of our big guys, you yeah. know? Yeah. So there you go. That's our movie review for this week. Um, and uh, basically, maybe go see these movies. Yeah, it really depends. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> depends. But uh, still, they're t still two pretty good movies. And, and for the most part, I, th I think if you know if you go to see one of these films, depending upon what your interests are, there's something there for you at the screening room. So. Probably no matter what, if you see either, you're going to have something to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. That's Definitely. what, yeah. Cool. Okay, moving on. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener. Not a great plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, a living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. 
That's right, it's not a great plan, where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Aladdin screenwriter uses racial slur to defend anti-vaccination comments. So, welcome to 2018. Not a great plan. (laughs) And this is the same person who we brought up weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. Who wasn't getting paid or compensated for. Yeah. So, he, um, Terry Russio, uh, I guess he's been making um, headlines recently. I didn't go into it, but apparently he's just a a rather problematic individual. But anyways, he's also, it's not like he really needs the Aladdin money because he's still writing screenplays. One of them is Pirates of the Caribbean. So... He's pretty notable. But anyways, um, yeah, so Terry just keeps making the headlines. So he is defending anti-vaccinators, and he's using bad words in order to do so. So everything that everything that's got all of that is proven. Well, no wonder they're not paying you for a lap. I mean, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Terry, just a wild. Wow. I don't even want to weigh in. Yeah, there's not much to say here other than I think I think Tony Stark said it. Yeah. Right. All right. What's the next one? Which movie franchise should return back to the future tops new poll? Not a great point. So this was uh, the Hollywood Reporter uh, asked their fans to, uh, to, you know, to weigh in in a recent poll. And out of all of the movie franchises, Back to the Future is um, number one. Uh, those people are idiots and should not touch the Back to the Future franchise. Do not remake a movie unless you have something new to bring to the table that's interesting or the movie was terrible. I mean, the first one, phenomenal. Second one's pretty good. I don't even know if I've ever watched the third one when it's they go great. to the Wild West. Oh, it's great. Is it, is it worth watching the oh, third absolutely. one? Oh, mean, absolutely. I mean, Back to the Future is one of those where you do see diminishing returns on every single uh, sequel. The first, like, nothing's going to beat the first one. But yeah. as all three of them together... Great franchise. Just great franchise. Like a just trilogy. Like, absolutely. Like right up there for me with Indiana Jones. So much fun. Um, love watching those movies. Rewatch them all the time. Um, I don't think it should be touched at all. I mean, it, but again, nobody ever learns any lessons in life ever. So it doesn't matter. But, we, you know, you tried this with bringing back Harrison Ford for Indiana Jones and putting Shia LaBeouf in there and being like, we'll do this one movie and then maybe Shia LaBeouf will take it off. But then he went, you know. Off the deep end. Off the deep end, and and we don't know where Shia LaBeouf is. So I love him. I wish he um, would. You know, there's a get movie better. he was in that he did a great job in recently. Not like it called Fury, like a couple years ago. It was like the a war th- movie yeah. with Brad Pitt. Yeah, the tank yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, he actually like great job. I think Shia he's LaBeouf. a good like, he actor. Did a great he job just... in that movie. Yeah, he just needs to, you know, sort some things out. Yeah. maybe. but he's also been acting a long time like he's a child actor so you know Um, he needs a break but again it didn't work so i don't know i don't know what they're thinking with this but again it's all about money it's because people will go out and if they see back to the future they're gonna go spend money on it but if they see sacred it's i don't know i think it should be but whatever whatever next headline andy mcdowell joins mindy kaling's four weddings and a funeral series not a great point so this is a tv show yeah, so are you familiar with the film Four Weddings and a Funeral? Yeah. So they're adapting 
the movie into I think a Hulu series um but it's set it's it's they don't know exactly what it's going to look like it might be an anthology it might not it's a bit it's about um four American friends who get uh who reunite in London for a wedding probably four weddings and a funeral as (laughs) (laughs) um Andy McDowell uh isn't reprising her original role she's playing the mother of one of the attend like wedding attendees one of the friends so (laughs) weird that she's not even reprising her same role why are they making this into a tv series (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't i mean same comments i mean back to the future is way better than weddings and funeral but like why are you just remaking things like can't you do something new mini kaling is is you know relatively talented and, and wrote for the office and her own show yeah. for a, a while i think it was on for a bit um why can't you just do something new yeah and i don't even think like of all of the british rom-coms that came out around that time i don't even think four weddings and funerals like the big one no so it's weird that that's the one they're choosing to adapt but whatever <sighs> These headlines are just upsetting me today. This isn't isn't (laughs) as fun as it usually is. Okay, next one. Hail Satan. Netflix Sabrina series has settled its lawsuit over the chill Goatman statue. Not a great point. Well, I'm I'm glad they settled. (laughs) So, yeah, the Church of Satan? The Church of... of Is that what it's called? called? What's it called? It's called the Church of Satan. The Church of... (laughs) Is it? Satanism? I forget. (laughs) The Church of... Satan worshippers? I don't know. (laughs) But any financial information? They haven't given us the settlement fee, so all I know is that Netflix has to pay um, the church uh, a a settlement fee. Um, They have not, that number has not been disclosed, and I think they are, um, uh, in all future uh, episodes, they're going to edit the statue, I think. Um, and they've have, um, like a disclaimer or like a credit at the end of every episode now saying, you know, the likeness of the statue is attributed to blah, 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 blah. So, um, yeah, what an there you interesting go. story. This I know been. it just took a, in, we got to know the end, you know, yeah. we were, I'm glad we bring a headline back of a headline from previous yeah. and, and kind of close the loop on that. If yeah. people remember this coming up before like this is but we may never know the 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 fee or you know the sum of money because sometimes in these court cases they're just yeah it's like undisclosed well i I mean at least it hey it's settled and uh you know uh, the church is getting the church is getting their money yeah there you go good (laughs) next one chris pratt's new lego movie character is a parody of every chris pratt action hero from the last four years not a great point I think this trailer looks so good. <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer yet. It just dropped last week because this was part of... I, th- I think it came after the... Because I can't remember what came out in and around the American Thanksgiving trailers mm. that were like closer to the weekend but last week. But the Detective Pikachu came out. Um, <laughs> dropped out of, yeah, nowhere. out of nowhere. I had no buzz about this movie. Uh, but I run in different circles. Yeah, Toy Story 4. <laughs> And Lion King, Lion King, and then Dumbo, oh, and Dumbo, Dumbo I think had has. one too, and then the Lego Movie as well. But yeah, I I think the second Lego Movie looks really good. I really enjoyed the first one. The first one is great, and the fact that they're making fun of Chris Pratt's like ridiculous roles he's had in the past like four years is really funny. 
so Chris Pratt will be playing two characters. He's he's returning to his role of the Lego man. Yeah. Um, and then he's also going to play this, you know, superhero yeah. character. Um, Chris Pratt also got to write on this script oh, cool. for this movie. So it may just be him po poking fun at himself. And this is one of the times where it's like this type of movie where it borrows and, and satires and grabs from other things. I actually like that. And if, if you're going to redo movies, just redo it in Lego form. Yeah. Because that, that to me works. Like just do a Back to the Future Lego. And I'd that watch would be, that. That would be great because you know what you can do? You can have Michael J. Fox be part of it. It's true. Um, even the Batman Lego movie was fun. Yeah, like, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. The I, really I don't know. It. There's something about. But there's something about having your voice is like age won't, you know, age and look won't matter. Yeah. It's just your voice. You're lending your voice to these mm -hmm. to these characters. And, and if you're going to redo movies from the past, don't try to compete with the performances of, of amazing actors. Yeah. Do, do something new. Lego. I agree with you. Okay. So one last one. Yeah. Julie Andrews has an Aquaman role. Not a great plan. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so angry, and you don't understand how angry that makes me. Why are you mad? Because why? Why? Why is Julie Andrews in the an Aquaman icon? An icon. And I like. I, okay, I don't know. The Aquaman movie might be good. It just looks terrible. But it might be really good. In which case, fine. I I like seeing. I think superhero movies are great. I think it's great for people who are icons to be in them. I think it, you know there's a lot of cool things coming out of that. But Julie Andrews doesn't need to be a, a fish in Aquaman. Yeah, she's playing a big fish. Like you don't need that. Why are you doing this? It looks bad. I don't like it. Um, you know who else is in the Upset. Aquaman role? Uh, our movie. I saw that. Uh, oh shoot, the Australian actress that I always forget her name. Nicole Kidman is playing oh, Arthur really? Curry's mom. Oh, I didn't know that. I saw that too. This really. Week. And people are complaining about her age. She's oh. not. She's not. Whatever. Old enough to play his mom. This is Pe what I see. This is what I'm talking about. People wouldn't complain if it was a Lego movie, because <laughs> it doesn't matter. But again, people will complain. But still, what, I mean, whatever. Like a good actor is a good actor, and Julie Andrews has lots of great roles um, in her past. So maybe there's something that Julie Andrews will bring to this. But again, it just she on was the in surface, Shrek. She was in the Shrek movies. Yeah, but yeah, maybe. I don't know, Aquaman. It doesn't look good, but whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, you Do, have one. Yeah, one more quick. One. This is yeah. not um a, not a great plan. It's just some movie news. Um, Bernardo Bertolucci has passed away uh, this week after a long uh, bout of cancer. He was uh, fighting that, and unfortunately, he has passed away. I believe he was seventy-seven. You'll know him because he's the director of Last Tango in Paris, and actually one of my favorite movies, The Dreamers, mm -hmm. one that he's not as well known for, but. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's passed away this week, unfortunately. And, that's and I think the last emperor. Yes, last emperor, the, little I, Buddha. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's done a lot. He was pretty, yeah. he, he's made a lot of movies. So yeah. the movie community will be hurting a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. That's our, that's our show for today. Um, we hope that uh, you enjoyed everything and that you will continue to contribute to the show. We love it. For next week. We, we um, joke a lot, but we do love yeah, it. Yeah, we do. We joke <laughs> around. We're, we're just kidding with you. We, we love to hear from all of you. Um, thank you for writing in. Um, and we look forward to hearing from you again. We will be live again next week. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we get into kind of our holiday season. So we'll explain next week how that's going to mm -hmm. work for the show. We will still be on throughout December, um, but we'll be live again next week. Sounds good. Go see some movies. Go see some movies.